In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. That's John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. If you have your Bibles with you, please open your Bibles to that portion of the Scripture and join me in reading God's Word. Let's all rise in reverence to the Word of God. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roof colonnades. In this lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years, for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Thank you, Brother Doy. Morning, Paul. How was your week? How's your weekend? And to those who are watching from their phones or their gadgets, pleasant morning to you as well. What is the first thing that you do when you get sick? Ano po yung unan yung ginagawa whenever you you feel sick. What's the first thing that you do? <laughs> According to ChatGPT, people would take a moment to evaluate their symptoms. Uh, they would check themselves. Perhaps if they have fever, they would get a thermometer and verify if they, would, they, they really have, they have a fever. Second would be that they would rest and uh, do some self-care, including buying over-the-counter medicines, uh, so self-treatment. And then third would be to seek medical advice. Shall we start with a prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once more, we humble ourselves before you asking that you would enable us to understand your word. And most especially, Lord, live out the truths, the principles in our lives, not for our sake, but for yours and for your glory alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are now on the third sign of, or written and recorded by 
John, the beloved, one of the apostles and disciples of Jesus, recorded in John chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. This is actually the first part of a, again, a sub-series on the story and on this uh, event, uh, particularly on the third sign. The first of his signs was the turning, the changing of water into wine in Cana. The second, as we have uh, learned last Sunday, if you're here, and if not, you may want to go back and review and listen to our preaching last Sunday. The second was the healing of the royal official son. Remember, when this uh, royal official came to Jesus, his son, uh, on behalf of his son, who is almost uh, dying, or perhaps dying already, came to Jesus and asking to, for Jesus to go there, to go down, although nasa taas sila, uh, to heal and personally uh, visit and heal his dying son. And Jesus gave a rebuke pertaining to those who only believe because of the signs and wonders that Jesus have done, saying that you only believe, no? as I paraphrase, because of the signs and wonders, so that... In our time today, we are also to be careful, especially as the cultic religion may use such trickery at most of the time to attract people to to their to their church, to their to their meetings, and uh, eventually, uh, well, trick them and uh, mislead them to the real. Miracle worker. So these people would tend to focus on the miracle, but not on Christ who does these signs and wonders. Now, uh, last Sunday we discussed you know, that this royal official, the moment Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live, immediately he obeyed because such obedience is the manifestation of faith. So he believed in the word of Jesus, and he went home, and true enough, his son recovered, and his son healed. And uh, one of the elements of genuine faith is that he proclaimed the gospel and the household, and together as a family, they all believed. Now, the third sign in John chapter 5 occurred when the Lord went to a feast of the Jews uh, because uh, we can observe that, uh, well, one, Jesus is following the system that for a Jewish man, there he or should be able to attend or they are required to attend at least three uh, feasts in, their, in, the, in every year. Uh, one is the Feast of Tabernacle, the other is the Feast of Pentecost, the third would be the Feast of Passover. And they have other feasts, but these are the top three that usually they would attend to. So Jesus went to this feast, as we read in verse 1 of chapter 5, after this, there was a Feast of the Jews. So he went up to Jerusalem for the feast, but it was not mentioned what particular feast was this? So it says there, after this. After this what? After the second miracle. 
after the healing of the royal official son. So it could have been months or perhaps uh, several months until this third miraculous healing happened. So after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. And as we read in verse 2, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. So like a swimming pool. But this pool is quite unique because uh, accordingly during, well, during the Old Testament, they believed, Bible scholars believed pertaining to Second Kings uh, chapter 18, verse 17, as uh, it talks also of this upper pool, provides water for the temple. Because under this pool, perhaps there was a spring that uh, continuously provide for water or the rain that falls, it would be collected in such uh, pool. Now, uh, as we read in verse 2, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. Now, this, this pool later on was also used as a place where the sheep are, before they are slaughtered and offered uh, as a sacrifice, they were cleansed in this pool. And so in Aramaic, it is called Bethesda, or in some translation, Bethsaida. Now, whenever we, we read uh, the word Beth in Aramaic, it means house or place. So when you say Bethlehem, it's a house of bread because uh, that's a place where bread is mostly produced in, in that area. Now, Bethesda means house or place of mercy. So this is where uh, people would go for, well, believing that their sickness would be healed. So many people with physical ailments would wait for the steering of the water, though it could be a metaphor as uh, there, there's no literal steering of the water, but they believe that whoever enters first gets healed. So this uh, pool, as uh, described by, uh, by the author, John the Beloved, has five roofed colonnades or colonnades or porticos or pillars. Uh, so as I read more on this, because when, when, I, when my father and my son were given opportunity to visit the Holy Land, uh, in my notes, I just wrote there uh, Bethesda and uh, the story of, of the, the paralyzed man that was healed there. So the location of the pools is reported by www.seetheholyland.net called Bethesda actually is a series of reservoir and medicinal pools. So this is in the Muslim quarter of Jerusalem's old city, north of the Temple Mount and about 50 meters inside St. Stephen's or Lion's Gate, which at the time, during the time of Jesus, it was called the Sheep Gate because this was where sheep were brought to the temple for sacrifice. So it's outside the temple, I mean the, the walls of Jerusalem. So John describes this pool as having five colonnades or porticos in which lay many invalids, like the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And because no such pool had been discovered, 
the historicity of the site was long called into question. Some claimed that John had invented the detail of the five porticos to represent the five books of Moses, the five, the, the Pentateuch, which Jesus had come to fulfill. However, in the 1900s, I, I believe it's in around 1956, archaeologists at Bethesda unearthed two large water reservoirs separated by a broad rock dike. They were rectangular in shape with four colonnaded porticos around the sides and one across the central dike. So the purpose of the reservoirs was to collect rainwater principally for temple use. Now, associated pools and baths at Bethesda were apparently believed to have healing powers. So according to their tradition, their legend, and evidence of a pagan healing sanctuary has been found east of the pools, including marble representations of healed organs such as feet and ears. So that is Bethesda. So that is what is in Bethesda. In this lay, in verse 3, a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Now, if you notice, no, uh, especially if you're using the ESV translation, there would be no verse 4. Now, immediately, uh, the, the, the next verse would be verse 5, which writes, One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And so some translations like the ESV, like the, the one that we are using right now, omit verse 4. So why is this so? The main reasoning is that in the earlier manuscripts, the earlier writings from New King James, I mean from the King James uh, version, when King James uh, uh, well, commanded that the Bible would be translated, did not include verse 4. However, some translations, if you're using NASB, for example, 1995, it has verse 4, like what I have right now. It has verse 4 uh, in between verse 3 and verse 5. However, the NASB 1995 offers a footnote that earlier manuscripts did not have verse 4 and the latter part of verse 3. So what is it in what's in verse 4? So let's look if do we have verse 4? Uh, okay, if not uh, there. So for an angel this is what is written in verse 4 that is uh, placed as a footnote in some translations. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in and was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. So there, they had this superstitious belief. You know, there's this urban legend, this story uh, by tradition that those who would dip and, and bathe themselves, those who are first no, to, to bathe in this pool of water, gets healed from whatever disease he or she was afflicted. Now, why is there a difference? Why in ESV, there's no uh, verse 4, while in some, verse, I mean, some translations, there is? Well, this does not mean that some translations are superior to others, or 
that there is a conspiracy or there is a conflict or there is inconsistency in the Bible. This only means that the scholars, the Bible scholars, do not agree until today with regard to this story, to this legend, to this traditional uh, superstitious belief. So how should we, in our time today, treat this as we are students of the Word of God? Well, we focus on what is clear and what is important, and that is that Christ went there okay, attending a feast and intentionally goes to this man and uh, engages this man and eventually heals this invalid and in uh, some translation, impotent man, someone who is helpless, someone who is weak and unable to, to perhaps walk and, and care for himself. And that is what we should focus on. Now, again, in verse 5, one man who was there, or one man was there who had been an invalid, an invalid meaning one who is uh, unable to, to walk, uh, perhaps uh, Paralyzed. You know? For how many years? 38 long years. Now, in the second miracle that Jesus performed, you know, just by speaking, saying to this royal official, your son, go home, your son is healed. You know? As I paraphrase, your, your son will live. Uh, here, Jesus would speak directly to this man. You know? In the second uh, healing uh, the, man, the, 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 the person, the child that Jesus healed from afar, not just by speaking, uh, was dying. And uh, we have learned and we have read last Sunday that this child had fever. So perhaps it was an infectious disease or a disease that manifests with fever. So as a physician, I would lean towards that this is like an, an acute uh, medical problem, meaning mga siguro a few days or a week lang to nangyari. While here, we have someone who is sick, who is invalid for 38 years. Someone who has a chronic problem involving mobility. So Jesus, however, knew that the old man had been waiting and hoping to get healed. He was there waiting for the stirring of the water. Uh, I've heard one preacher mention that this stirring is not really the literal stirring, but the motion that the water may, may have had when, when the spring, when there's an increased flow of water and this would cause uh, the movement in the water. But no one would put him in the pool. In other words, this man was helpless. And no one can help him. So others would go in first. But Jesus, interestingly, he would not carry him into the pool. But right there and then, he would heal him. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and... Take note, knew that he had already been there a long time 
Now, Jesus already knew. Remember, Jesus is not only omnipotent. He's not only powerful. I remember in second, in the first uh, uh, sign, he changed water into wine. Uh, the second uh, sign, he just by speaking, he healed the royal official's son. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Here, we have read that he is also omniscient, meaning he is all-knowing. He knows the hearts of men. He knew uh, the Samaritan woman. And here, he knew that this invalid man had been there for a long time. So what did the writer, what did John, the beloved, reveal in this particular passage, in this particular point about who Christ is? Christ is not only a healer, omnipotent, powerful, and hence, like, like God, no? equal to God, no? just by speaking, just by saying, and someone is healed from, from, from almost the, the point of death. But Jesus is also omniscient and all-knowing. So when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? So just allow me to just jump to our third application, which says engage individuals. Engage individuals. The Lord Jesus engaged an individual from the crowd. He went to the feast, of course, for a purpose. Yet he has also, Jesus also has another purpose, which was to engage with this paralyzed man. And not only to engage with him or engage him in a conversation, but he would eventually physically heal him. And later on, by next Sunday, if you're here, you would learn That it was not limited to physical healing. Next Sunday, we will learn that there was also spiritual healing. And it's interesting because in, in the medical terms, there's really no specific definition for the word healing. Some would define it as being whole again. So, but what really happens when someone gets sick? And in the process, gets healed. Yeah, so just process that for a moment. What happens, for, for example, to us when we get sick and in the process we, we are healed or we are cured or we are treated and we, we recover from such illness. So what happens to us? Is there a change in our immunity perhaps, uh, in our experience? Or perhaps, siguro, dahil na-confine, no? magastos, uh, na-deplete yung ating financial resources. And so here, the, the Jesus would engage this person from the crowd. So, though for me, I also struggle in this area, uh, like intentionally engaging a person in conversation, someone that I do not know yet, 
no? so uh, for some it's natural no so so iba sa inyo uh, you are naturally gifted with the ability to engage people in a conversation no? so use that and uh, uh, continue to to do that the apostles would follow this approach and so we should follow it as well thus let us engage individuals and introduce them who Christ is. Introduce to them. Proclaim to them the gospel. Why the gospel? Because remember in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, as the Paul writes, he was not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because the power of God to save the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So the power of God was invested. He invested. God invested His power to salvation, to save someone in the gospel. Not in the signs and wonders. Though signs and wonders are important. Usually, these signs and wonders, this miraculous healing, these are sometimes used by God as an entry point for someone to be drawn and to be, well, to, to, to be attracted. And so in the process, he would or she would eventually know the miracle worker. Now, do you want to be healed? He asks this invalid man for 38 years. So imagine going to the emergency room. Imagine you're the doctor or the doctor on duty and someone with a fractured bone comes to the emergency room and asks you, asks you as a doctor, I have a fracture. I suffered from a vehicular accident. And then you ask this, this patient, do you want to be healed? So obviously, the answer would be yes, right? The mere fact that you are in the emergency room means that you want some care or some management. Yet it's interesting that Jesus would ask this paralyzed man, this invalid man, if he would want to be healed. What does this mean? Well, allow me to just suggest, um, submit to you one perspective as I observe this. Well, Jesus was basically highlighting, emphasizing the impossibility of his condition, meaning the, the, it's impossible for him to be healed now, because he has, he's, he's been sick for 38 years. And it's just legend that this, this uh, pool of water provides healing. And uh, it has, he has been, he's been there waiting for a long time. And Jesus would, would highlight that your belief in superstition or in legend or in stories or in tradition that people are healed in this place, though it could be that, that people are really healed in that, during that time. But that is actually impossible. It's impossible. So verse 7, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. What does this tell us? 
yes, it's impossible for me to be healed because I am helpless. And no one, no person can bring me to the pool when the water is at that time stirred up. Remember, you should be the first one to, to be there and to, to bathe yourself to be healed. Because while I'm going, another steps down before me. So it's impossible. Now, what this is tells us, God's ways are not always the same as man's ways. His ways are higher than our ways. Our, the man's thinking was he needed someone, he needed somebody to bring him, to carry him to the pool. Yet for God, it is not that way. In this situation and for all time, God's way is Jesus Christ. Christ alone. Jesus will claim later in John chapter 14, verse 6, that He is the only way to the Father. Now, the author's main agenda, John the Beloved, his agenda was to show the power of the Messiah. That he can heal. Remember in the second uh, sign, he healed a boy dying just by speaking. Here, Jesus commanded the invalid to stand up right there and then, take his bed, and walk. Now, what did this man do? Just like the royal official did. The paralyzed man obeyed the Lord, just as Jesus commanded him. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed, and walk. Verse 9, and at once, the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now, if we continue this verse, it says on the last sentence, now Maybe it's not there, but it's in the, in the Bible if you verify it. Now that day was the Sabbath. It was Sabbath. And of course, the, during that time, Jewish law says that you are not allowed to work on Sabbath. Now that, that, that command, that law is non-specific. It was not specific. So later on, they, they developed certain laws no, that would specify which work would be considered as burden or as work uh, that will qualify uh, and merit certain punishment because it was work on Sabbath. And that was equivalent to carrying two figs of branches. Just imagine the weight of it. So if you are, let's say, uh, going to stand up and turn off, for example, the light switch and it will cause you to exert effort, now that is considered work. So if, as one pastor uh, told, if you have a false teeth, it's, it's prohibited to wear false teeth. Why? Because when you wear it, and in the process, it falls, and you will pick it up. So the weight of your false teeth is equivalent to two figs of uh, sticks of, of uh, branches of plant. No? So that is considered work already. And if caught, you will be punished. So the, 
the law became a burden. So, di ba? Ang purpose ng Sabbath is to rest. But you cannot rest. Because you don't, you don't know what, what you will do on that day. Because what, it could be that what you are doing was actually working and you will be punished. And so, one of the reasons why Jesus would do this, this act of healing as later on we would learn as we go through the rest of John that this will start. Uh, this, this will be the critical point where the Pharisees would start persecuting him. And this is very important because he would declare eventually to the Jews that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. That he is above not only the disease of man, the disease on man, but he's even above Sabbath. Oh, he, he, like God, he's working on Sabbath. Now, this third sign is similar to the second sign, which involves foreknowledge, omniscience, and power to heal. So Jesus here, and also in the second sign, was presented by the writer as A healer. So who is God to you? Is he your healer? Because if we are sick, and the first thing we should do is not to self-medicate, not to trust ourselves that I can heal myself or my body will heal by itself because naturally our bodies are capable of healing on its own. But if that's so, how come many eventually would have chronic diseases like hypertension or diabetes or even cancer? So it shows that this man needed Christ to heal him. So even if this is a fantastic miracle, the Jews would find an issue to criticize this event. Because the carrying his bed, yung, yung cut, yung siguro sa time natin, yung mattress, no, yung mat, no, if you're into yoga, no, uh, carrying that is more than the two twigs or figs, branches, and that is equivalent to work. And it was a violation. And more than that, what Jesus did for them was also a violation of their law. So what does this mean? Well, the challenge is to understand the reason, one, why we are sick. Or why do we get sick? And second, to understand why God would heal one person and not for another. Uh, as a physician, I have seen a lot of sick people. Some of them would die even, yet some of them would recover. And it always amazes me why this person, seemingly strong in the morning, suddenly dies at night. 
And this very sick person, in the morning, suddenly, or after a few days, was able to go home, fully recovered. It's always, for me, a, something that is amazing to see and to experience. Yet it always brings me to the question, why would God heal some and not for others? Now, the invalid, he could not bring himself into the pool, right? He's, he's paralyzed, and he's been paralyzed for 38 years. So he hoped, he waited for 38 years. But despite his inabilities, out of the... Remember, there was a feast. And uh, perhaps during regular days, let's say those who are blind, lame, paralyzed uh, during that time, perhaps around, let's say close to 100 people. They're waiting there for the steering of the water according to their legend and so that one of them would be able to jump into the water and be healed. So imagine this, this, this feast attracted more you know, because uh, of course, they, they know from tradition that this uh, pool is medicinal and it provides healing. Uh, but some scholars would say that it, it's because it is close to the temple that there is such healing that happens. But anyway, so imagine there's a feast and many are there at this time. And out of the, let's say, more than 300 na, or 500 or close to that number, I, I don't know, God would choose one person to heal, to engage with. He would choose one. Of course, God, out of His sovereign wisdom, knows what He is doing. Jesus, Jesus knows why, why only one and we don't know. So when the Lord heals, it is not because of our abilities. Remember, this man was helpless. He was hopeless. But despite it, out of the Lord's mercy and out of His sovereign will, chooses, decides to heal this man. So the phrase, God helps, in your application, those who help themselves. So where have you heard this cliche or, or this saying? Perhaps uh, Facebook God helps those who help themselves. Or maybe we have used this to encourage others. It's actually nowhere to be found in the scriptures. God does not need our help. In fact, here, this, this paralyzed man was helpless. Now here you have the, the omnipotent, all-powerful God and this all-helpless guy. Such is the distinction between man and God, Jesus. So medical science is impressive, yes, but it is limited. We cannot, we cannot provide cure and treatment to all. And we always acknowledge that it is God who heals. Sometimes we are used by God to, to manage a 
a person and help this person recover and uh, be treated. But all we always, always acknowledge uh, that even the medicines that we take, uh, the, the people who help us, God uses these things to provide healing. Now, sometimes the Lord demonstrates His power to do what is beyond ordinary. Yes, God would use such power for a purpose. And I always believe that there's a purpose. So a few things we can observe in the text. Again, Jesus did not heal everyone, although many needed healing. So perhaps you are listening, you are watching this, you are hearing this, and you are sick, and you are questioning God. Lord, tagal ko nang may sakit. I have been taking this medication for such a long time. I've been going in and out of uh, the doctor's clinic and even the hospital, yet I'm still sick. How come? Well, we don't know. I don't know. But I know is God has a purpose for everything. So if God heals you from a particular illness, one, God has a purpose. And I don't know what his purpose. Perhaps he wants you to glorify him, thank him, share to people what, what he has done to you, testify of how you have been healed. Perhaps God wants you to serve him as you recover, as, you res as he restores your strength. He wants you to serve people, the community, your parents, or whoever, the people around you. There are so many reasons, and that is, for me, the great challenge. Why would God heal me from my sickness? So this is something that you and I may reflect on. If you're this person who have been healed, by God from miraculously, no, from a particular uh, disease. We don't know, but we trust in His sovereign will so that when we are not healed and it continues, meaning this illness brings us to the point of death, we still and we continue to trust in God's sovereign will. Why? Because physical healing is secondary to spiritual healing. It's always secondary to spiritual healing. Salvation. Salvation from God's wrath is far more important than our physical healing. Salvation. You know the, the word salvation? Uh, as I've shared this uh, in uh, the GCF diet uh, anniversary, 13th anniversary, when I was invited to speak there, I shared to them, the root word of salvation is the word salve. Salve. You know someone who's named salve? Uh, salve means healing. 
Uh, it is, it's something you, that you rub over the skin or let's say a joint no, as a salve, no, as, a, as something that, that provides soothing or comfort or healing. So that's where it came from. And also the word salvage. Now be careful because salvage, if you use it differently, especially if the police authorities are around you and you're talking about, oy, na salvage yung kaibigan natin. It may mean differently. No? Someone who is killed, salvage. But sa kagaya nila Chef Doy, no? sa pagluluto, when you say salvage, you are actually saving no? a, a food from, uh, let's say, nasobran ka ng asin, so you salvage it so that you could still be eaten no? and it still be consumed. No? So that is sal salvage, no? to, to save from. And that is far more important. And that's the reason why God, out of His power, he invested that in the gospel. Salvation from His wrath, from His judgment. What is God's judgment? God's judgment is anyone who is guilty of one sin, just one sin, would be thrown into the lake of fire forever. Eternity. No, for eternity. Eternal. Non-stop. No, Non-stop suffering, pain. And death, separation from God, from His presence, from His glory. Imagine the plight, the fate, the destiny of every sinner. So what's far more important than physical healing? Salvation. Salvation from God's wrath. And that is one specific important reason why Jesus would heal people. So that they would believe, not only themselves who were healed, but even their households. Another person whom this person has testified and told what Jesus did. So we must believe that if it is God's will to heal, it will happen. He will heal you. He will heal us. But if it's not, we still praise God. Why? Because what's more important than healing? Salvation. So it is not true that what some false teachers say that it is always God's will to heal. No. And some are attracted even some uh, mga gatherings of healing, miraculous healing. And sometimes these mga events are, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say they're, they're scripted or they're fake just to, well, to attract you. And eventually, cause you to support their, their whatever, no, their whatever they're doing. So, on the contrary, in the text, Jesus healed one man out of many, and often that is his design. Why? Again, we don't know. His ways are higher than our ways. That's why it's always a challenge. Well, for me personally, no, to to look at the the circumstance. Lord, why did you allow me to experience this problem? And why would you help me? Why would you heal me? Why would you restore my health? And that is a question that only you and the Lord would be able to answer. But if you want to share it with us as pastors, as leaders of this church, we would be glad to help you to hear 
and to perhaps journey with you if you're this person if you're if you're struggling with doubts whether why is the lord why is god if he's indeed a healer why is he not healing me or my loved one or my friend again physical healing is important when we are healed from such a disease god has a specific purpose but what is more important than physical healing is salvation so I pray today that you repent of your sin and you put your faith and trust on the ultimate healer, the giver of eternal life, Jesus Christ. Let me share with you a poem, again, written by our beloved pastor, entitled, Third Sign. The feast was not the only plan. At the sheep gate was an old man waiting for the water steering, and he had hoped for his healing. 38 years he tried but failed. The healer comes, but now unveiled. He asked, do you want to be healed? His healing power he would wield. No longer about the steering, no longer about the diving. It's no longer about the race. The true healer comes face to face. Many people needed healing, but to one, he would give blessing. For his purpose, all things working, our part is trusting and praying. Shall we all stand and close in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us that if our faith is on legends, traditions, superstition, Perhaps in objects created by man, images. Who by itself is powerless, helpless. That's why people are really taking care of such images. Because if it falls, it would break. Because by itself, it has no power to even hear and listen to our prayers and to our cries. Yet many people are blinded by such. You acknowledge, Lord, that sometimes the enemy, Satan, uses this to blind, to mislead those who are already blind in the first place because of sin. And such faith is misplaced. Yet we are thankful, Lord, because you have called us. You have chosen us. You have changed our hearts. We are helpless. We cannot change our hearts. We don't have the capacity and the ability to change ourselves, much more save ourselves. Yet out of your sovereign will, out of your grace alone, you have caused a person to share and proclaim the gospel to us. Or you have allowed us to experience situations where, would, where we would realize that indeed we are helpless and we are in need of a savior. 
and you have opened our eyes, our spiritual eyes. You have changed our perspective, our mind, and our heart so that by faith, we would know Christ. By reading this Holy Scripture, your word, we would know Christ as revealed through your word. And in the process, we would believe, we would turn our back from such sin. And we would receive and be given new life, new heart, which extends to eternity. And so, Lord, we are truly, eternally grateful for this. Yet we also pray for our loved ones, our friends, our classmates, our co-workers, those people whom we know that are still in such practice, in such false belief. Lord, we ask and we plead because you are a merciful God, you are a gracious God, you are a God who hears our prayers. Would you heal them, Lord, spiritually? Would you take away the scales that blind, that blinds their eyes? Would you bring them to light from darkness? Just as what you did for us. Lord, it is our prayer that they would know Christ. Yet we pray that you give us opportunity to reach out to them and proclaim the gospel that there is salvation from your wrath, from your judgment, that there is true healing and there's medicine through Jesus Christ. And you have invested your power in the gospel, in your gospel through Christ, that when we repent of our sins and believe with genuine faith, you would cause us to obey. And you'll give us the strength to continue. And you will sustain our faith by your grace until that day comes when you call us to eternity. But for the meantime, Lord, allow us to be able to engage with people, to people, and share what you have done also in our lives. Let us sinners you have saved us and you've given us hope through Christ so Lord today we continue to praise you and thank you and for the day all the days of our life we thank you Lord for healing and if not we will continue to glorify you and praise you because in the end what's what's more important is that we are healed spiritually and so lord allow us to teach this and to share this to those who are spiritually sick and share to them that there is a medicine in jesus christ bless our day lord and the rest of the week this we pray in jesus name amen God bless us all and see you next Sunday.